This is Radio Ukraine International with the weekly program Ukraine Global, written by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vera Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. This edition of Ukraine Global is about the reaction of Ukrainian and international artists and performers to the tragedy of Russia's war against Ukraine. On February 24, 2022, all Ukrainians were woken up by the news of Russia's brutal attack on their land. In a matter of hours, this unprovoked war of aggression changed our reality and the perception of it. In the face of imminent enslavement and extermination, the Ukrainian nation demonstrated incredible heroism and consolidation and united the whole civilized world around the defense of their country. Artists and performers did not stay aloof. They donated to the Ukrainian army, bought equipment, clothing and other essentials for soldiers, or raised funds in this country and abroad, encouraging nations to support Ukraine. After Russia invaded Ukraine, the Italian band Maniskin, the winners of the Eurovision 2021 Song Contest, cancelled their tour of Russia as a sign of solidarity with the Ukrainian people and released a song in support of Ukraine. The composition was called Stand Up for Ukraine. Maniskin also presented a video clip with footage of destroyed Ukrainian cities and victims of Russian aggression. Refugees in Ukraine and around the world need urgent humanitarian aid. We're using our voices to demand action and you can do it. Join us, make your video appeals to the world to support refugees and donate at forukraine.com. The musicians noted in the signature to the publication with the song. In early April 2022, the legendary British band Pink Floyd recorded a song called Hey Hey Rise Up together with Andriy Hlevnyuk, leader of the Ukrainian band Boombox, and posted it on their YouTube channel as part of a charity event in support of Ukrainians. David Gilmour, Nick Mason, Guy Pratt and Nitin Sony accompanied the distinctive vocals of Andriy Hlevnyuk, who performed the Ukrainian folk song Hey Hey There's a Red Viburnum at Sofievska Square in Kyiv. David Gilmour said that he has a daughter-in-law from Ukraine and grandchildren. We, like many, feel anger and disappointment at this despicable act of invading an independent democratic country and killing its people. We want to raise funds and support morale. We want to demonstrate our support for Ukraine, said the musician. The clip uses footage of the war in Ukraine and the crimes committed by the Russian invaders against the Ukrainian people. Alex Borovensky, director of pro-English theater, told Radio Ukraine's Viktoria Krukova about his personal experience of writing songs and stage performances. This war is a painful reality and we need to realize the new circumstances we all live in. Culture cannot stay aloof, says Alex. Can you please share your experience connected to creating the songs which you wrote about uh, tragic and important events for Ukraine? I know that you started to wrote, wrote the first song. It was Welcome to the Hotel Chornobayevka. <laughs> we village, I'm sorry, village. Uh, but <laughs> it all started a year ago and we all seated at home and watched like how it was painful and then this song, it became easier when, when, when we heard it. So um, it started from Chernobyevka then this uh, 
um, like another actor from pro-English theater, um, Andrei, he sang about Putin, fuck off, or something about that. But in other words, and the last one was about this Bakhmut. So can you please? Yeah, well, basically all of these are covers. So they are lyrics rewritten to the lyrics of quite famous and unrecognizable songs. And I do think that the very first one was in Russian, because we did the cover to Pyatnitsa uh, Ya Soldat, I'm a Soldier, and we did this one, yeah, like Ya Moskal, and you don't actually have to change lyrics so much, because it sings that, <laughs> well, the lyrics about not very creative soldier, yeah, that's totally what Russian soldiers are. And the second one, yeah, it was the Welcome to the Village Chernobyevka, and I wrote this one when we still lived in the bomb shelter of Pringlish Theater, and I wrote it at night, and I guess it took me like a couple hours to finish up the lyrics, and we used the famous Eagle song, Welcome to the Hotel California, just change it to the Village Chernobyevka, because at that day, on those week, uh, Village Chernobyevka was the biggest news, it was all over, and we just felt like, you know, what would a Russian soldier feel uh, when he comes to this place and he gets destroyed? <laughs> That's basically how it started. And I would say that writing this very uh, lyrics, it paved the way to the rest of it, because then we get this you no know, Russians to the Sting cover and so on and so forth. And the idea there is, from what I see, you cannot really create a lot uh, new things, because the work comes into play and the word takes all of your attention. All you can do is you put words in different places. You can change the words, but you cannot really create anything new because the word takes all of your creative energy. It eats you up. And all you can do is recreate or do some postmodernistic stuff, which are covers, which again, a lot of things, a lot of fun to do. When I wrote this one, uh, Russians or no Russians, remember, Stin did it in, I guess, 80s, as a response to this crisis, the first nuclear bomb crisis, and like, uh, if the Russians uh, love the children too, what would you do, blah, blah, blah. And of course, today, these lyrics, they make no sense. So I wrote it, and the message is, so believe me when I say to you, what would you do if Russians kill your children too? <laughs> and this is a clear message to Europe, because Russians do kill our children, they will kill European children sooner or later, so what would you do? If Russians kill your children too, and that's a great message, I believe, and Steen approves and nods his head in approval, I believe. Then we did, yeah, we did Ukrainian Bakhmut. Since then, I was became a big fan of Sting. He has very simple lyrics, you know, very catchy ones. And the idea with every cover is that when Ukraine wins, there are no more popular songs that are not associated with Ukraine. Everything that they sing has Ukraine in it. So you don't no more sing along with this lyrics, you sing with our lyrics about Ukraine and how powerful we are and how strong the resistance here it is. So that one was originally Englishman in New York, but now we got this like, whoa, I'm a warrior, I'm a legal warrior, I'm Ukrainian in Bakhmut. And we do the song, we, this is the only one that we recorded in a proper studio and stuff, and we got the girl playing ukulele, and we got the guy with harmonica instead of saxophone. And I believe Sting would be very happy with the song again. Ukrainian Bakhmut is a top hit all over, and Ukrainians in Bakhmut are top soldiers. Okay, so basically it's more than three songs, yeah? It's, uh... Well, I did the playlist recently, and we came up, I think, with 
five songs in English. I don't remember. Like, yeah, and at least two or three songs in Russian or Ukrainian. We did a very funny song uh, based on... Oh my God, what was that Russian? That one. And we did it about Krasir Moskva. Там you know, it's about Krasner Moskva and how it goes down. <laughs> you know, it's a son of a Russian yeah, sailor. We dream, we dream about it. Yeah, and we sing it like five people, five boys a cappella, and they all wearing this, you know, stupid uh, paper ships you used to make as a kid, and you would put this uh, ship on your head. So that's what Russian sailors are to us. They made of paper ships. <laughs> Okay, it's about music, and I also wanted to ask you about the staging of Ukraine war texts because you had, I think, how many? Five, six? Uh, four. Four. We had four waves, but in each one of them we had at least eight texts. So altogether, it's more than thirty contemporary Ukrainian texts uh, put on stage. And I you believe. said that the last one was the the best and the most uh, for you, like I don't know, touching or successful. How different it was like from the beginning of crea creating the war texts and now. I think it was very successful for two reasons. First of all, because we're doing it for the first time, we know the system. Uh, we know how to do it quickly and effectively. We know how to work with directors, uh, put together actors, get the consent of the playwrights, because, again, I don't uh, stage these ones. I mm -hmm. stage different things. These ones I mostly organize. So I see my mission here mostly as a cultural producer to put the thing in a quality uh, quickly and effectively. So Ukrainian text would see the light. International audience would have it because every second stage reading is in English and it's trans and it's uh, screened live to international audiences. So international audience would have access to Ukrainian modern playwriting that mostly write about the war in English and they understand and see what we feel through the lens of art. That's what we do. So we know how to quickly work with international directors. And to choose them, that's what made it successful. And the second one, because this time I was personally choosing the texts <laughs> without anybody. And I believe I have quite a good uh, taste Sister. in that. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, for example, this time we chose uh, one text very powerful by Yuri Gudimenko. And he's not even a playwright. Yuri Gudimenko is a soldier and political activist. And he wrote this wonderful uh, one-page monologue about Hertz a traditional Ukrainian Cossack dance in front of the enemy lines, and Katya Gordienko, an actress, and Poppy Francisca, a director from Britain, they put it together as a very powerful monodrama. I've seen it, and I, you should show it to the world, because it clearly conveys the Ukrainian spirit, starting from Cossacks and now with Ukrainian soldiers facing the enemy. The Hertz is the dance that you dance in front of death and you're not afraid. Ukrainian artists, they work on so many levels, starting from uh, exhibitions, uh, cultural events, flash mobs, theatrical performances, uh, documentary movies, playwriting, books are being created right now, poetry. Oh God, just let the world see it. Mostly you are producing pro-English theater, the content it's uh, like uh, connected to the war topic right now, like any performance, even if it's a Shakespeare, Lucrece or something. Every material you take, you will transform it into what is going on right now in Ukraine. Yeah. How can you not transform it? Well, war 
is the nowadays reality. There is no more life outside of war. Everything that we do is connected with war. Every minute of our existence is war. We have to accept it. We are inside. The only difference right now from the outside world, we within. We live in the turmoil of the war and we create art inside. I believe that's what makes it unique. So many cultural products that we do, it's still something to be analyzed by cultural experts when we win. We'll see. Those people who say that the war is somewhere there in the East, they don't understand. The war is inside of every inch of your body these days. And it's spreading like a disease. It's spreading outside of Ukraine. That's why the art, as a very perceptive uh, medium, it reflects it. You cannot create, I don't know, stupid vaudeville comedy. You can't anymore, unless it's connected with war. War is here. War is our life. Alex Borovensky, director of Pro-English Theatre. You're listening to Radio Ukraine International. And this edition of Ukraine Global is about the reaction of Ukrainian and international artists and performers to the tragedy of Russia's war against Ukraine. Sean Penn and Aaron Kaufman's film about the war in Ukraine, Superpower, premiered at the Berlin Film Festival. Andriy Yermak, head of the president's office, wrote in a comment. It tells us a story about the war for independence, the Russian invasion, the start of which caught Sean Penn in Kyiv, who saw it with his own eyes on the first day of the full-scale war. Work on the film started a year before the war in early 2021, when Penn started filming a movie about Volodymyr Zelensky, then a popular actor and comedian running for president. In February 2022, when the Russian invasion began, Hollywood directors were in Kyiv. Therefore, the film, based on several interviews, would most likely demonstrate the difference between Zelensky as the president of a peaceful country and the president of a country in the midst of war, said Natalia Yakimovich, a Ukrainian film producer. Jack Gleason, the Irish actor best known for his role as Joffrey Baratheon on HBO's hit TV show The Game of Thrones, visited Kyiv in February this year, days before the anniversary of the start of Russia's full-scale war against Ukraine. He explained his reasons for visiting a country at war. You need to use your popularity to draw attention to the war in Ukraine. I admire the courage of the Ukrainian people, he said. When we learned of the full-scale invasion, we were shocked and didn't know what to do. Then we started sending money to the Ukrainian armed forces. But at one point we realized that we should do more. Many of my friends support Ukraine. I have a friend who was a director from Ireland. He planned to buy a sofa, but when he found out that it was made in Russia, he refused and said that it would be better to buy a Ukrainian one. My friends from the UK, Chris and Zara, have already handed over 230 cars to Ukrainian defenders, the actor said. He did not deny that he was alarmed when he heard his first air raid warning, but the level-headedness of Ukrainians helped him relax. If everyone in this hall started to panic, I would panic too, he said. But I could see that everyone was relaxed. They just said, oh crap, that air raid again. And I relaxed. I was not afraid because you were not afraid. Ukrainian and world artists have shown that we have more in common than just military and financial cooperation, which is crucial for driving the enemy out. 
We have the same values and we believe that such horrors can't happen in the 21st century and we must stop it. When you watch a war-themed film or theatrical performance, or listen to a war-themed song, you feel empathy and compassion. You begin to see the same events with different eyes and change some of your opinions. The idea of any culture product is to make people look inside themselves, evoke their emotions and encourage responses. So, Ukrainian artists and foreign artists and performers must and will continue to create new materials revealing the painful truth about the war in Ukraine to the world. And that was the weekly program Ukraine Global, prepared by Viktoria Krukova, presented by Vira Kravchenko and produced by Irina Samsonova. Radio Ukraine International invites listeners to Ukraine Global, a program offering insight into important developments in and around Ukraine, and analyzing their global dimension in studio discussions with experts, government officials and public figures.